This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, we got bad news for all those uh, Nancy Graces out there. All those people were hoping for a knives out like murder mystery in Cohasset, Massachusetts. It does not look like it's going to happen. We have the single dumbest uh, murderer, the dumbest criminal I think I've ever seen. And we'll get to Joe Biden. We'll get to the uh, documents, classified documents found in his think tank, which is funded by the Chinese Communist Party. Oh, that's an amazing story. But I think we got to start with Cohasset right here in our backyard. Uh, when it when it began to unfold, I thought this schemer, this scumbag, Brian Walsh, was going to be uh, one of those types who put a little thought into uh, disposing of his wife and uh, maybe, maybe would uh, challenge the authorities, the investigators, the uh, local detectives, the FBI, and we would have weeks of wondering, did he do it? Where's the body? How did he do it? Why did he do it? I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I will just tell you where I decided, you know what? I, the whole thing is just so stupid. It's, it's amazing that a guy would do this, throw his life away, kill his wife and uh, be this dumb. Uh, just remarkable. If you missed uh, some of the developments yesterday, see, I came to the conclusion that he was, uh, he was cooked when they mentioned in court, when they arraigned him yesterday on $500,000 bail and said, uh, he bought $450 worth of cleaning supplies at Home Depot, mops and uh, and uh, cleaning fluids to clean up the mess. Then they found a knife that was damaged. Then they found blood. Then he said he went to CVS and Whole Foods. He didn't do that. Then he said he went to his mother's house and got lost, didn't know where his mother lived. Just one lie after another. I guess we can conclude it was a crime of passion. And he didn't have time to think this through. But uh, I'm, I'm sitting there yesterday afternoon reading about it, amazed, marveling at uh, the, uh, the, the mess that he made. And somebody tweets at me and they say, the only thing missing was him going to Barnes and Noble and buying How to Kill Your Wife for Dummies. And uh, it was a, it was a okay joke, wisecrack. And then later on in the afternoon, I'm, I'm sitting there and uh, I get, uh, I see this CNN story and I say, this can't be real. This has got to be some kind of joke, some kind of Babylon B. And uh, it's not, it's real. <laughs> Check this out. Uh, if you missed it, Brian Walsh is uh um, a suspect in the disappearance of his wife, Anna Walsh, the mother of his three children. She went missing, uh, was reported missing on January 4th. He said that he let, she left for the airport on January 1st. He didn't report her missing for days. Um, he's been criminally charged with misleading investigators for lying about all of the above of you know where he went and what he did. Um, and, and this comes out yesterday pretty much sealing the deal for Brian Walsh and uh, disappointing, breaking the hearts of all the Nancy uh, Grace types who thought we would all be camping out in Cohasset for months and months and having a, an intriguing murder trial because, you know, the whole country gets into those. We all get uh, 
riveted when it's a uh, genuinely suspenseful trial and you have some question of did he do it and uh, who did it and where is she and all that, that's not going to happen. This uh, from uh, CNN yesterday afternoon. Investigators recently uncovered new information that turned their focus from a missing person search to suspicions that Anna Walsh may have been killed, including her husband's internet record showing searches about dismemberment and, are you ready for this, quote, how to dispose of a 115-pound woman's body. Uh, Again, let me repeat that. He searched on his computer to learn how to, quote, dispose of a 115-pound woman's body. All right, quick guess, uh, Ironhead. Let me me throw this one at you quickly. Mm -hmm. How much did Anna Walsh weigh? Ooh, I'm going to go with 137 pounds. This is just, <laughs> this is just happenstance not, and coincidence. I, I, should not, I, I should not be laughing. I can't help it. I laugh at, the, at this. And, and, I, and I'm happy for the investigators. I'm happy for the friends of Anna Walsh that they will not have to wonder and worry and think she's still alive. Maybe they can just hope it was a quick and painless death because her big, fat load of a husband um, – uh, made it a qu- made quick work of her. This is according to two law enforcement sources who were briefed on the investigation and told CNN. Um, this is from a family friend. Peter Kirby told CNN, we're devastated. Anna was such a beacon of love and joy. She lights up every room. We miss her and are doing everything we can to support her three beautiful children. I'm sorry. When you're, when you're, when you're, Googling how to dispose of a 115-pound woman's body, uh, that's about as good as a confession, a written confession. And maybe that's why Brian Walsh was smiling as he left court to head back to jail yesterday. Maybe he knows they got him and there's nothing more to the case. He was, by the way, under house arrest, facing felony charges for uh, bilking somebody out of... uh, an Andy War uh, selling a fake Andy Warhol painting to some sucker on the internet. That's the least of his problems now. I don't know. I don't know how the kids are doing or how the rest of the family is doing. But I think um, in a in they, they can take solace in knowing that they're that she's not missing, that she's not wandering the streets somewhere. I, I mean, it, it, it's over. It's over. Yeah, all we got to wait for here is a confession. Unfortunately, we do not have the death penalty in Massachusetts. This is one, a good example of why you need the death penalty. When a guy has nothing left to lose, like Brian Koberger, and he's facing the death penalty, maybe you make a deal quickly, he gets life in prison, and everybody moves on. Uh, I guess what what uh, Brian Walsh is going to do, if I had to guess, would be say he's been set up and somebody did that search on his computer to set him up. And he couldn't be that stupid. Nobody could be that stupid. I'm not sure where else he can go with this. But the evidence against him was coming in fast and furiously. I mean, what do you say about her blood in the basement? A knife? So uh, uh, unlike with Kohlberger in Idaho, they actually have a murder weapon. They don't have a body. But if he put as much thought into the the, the disposing of the body as he did uh, the murder... I guess I'm going to guess any minute now, maybe while we're sitting here doing this show, they will indeed find the body and it will be over for Brian Walsh. But uh, it was just a remarkable turn of events when you're sitting there and you're saying, 
he's a schemer, a scammer. He's got money. He's, he's obviously got a dark side, an evil side. He's going to put some thought into this. He's probably thought about it for a long time. They probably had all kind of mar- marital difficulties. We know they had lots of uh, financial difficulties. So clearly he's going to do something to try to throw the police off the scent. Seems like he did nothing. Seems like he did he did everything but walk into court with her head in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> what more could he have done to uh, let the cops know that he is their man. Um, it's, it's the, there's, I believe they're still searching the area right now. I'm getting people tweeting at me from the area who said the cops are all over the place. Still so cops and media are all over the home, the area around the home. We know they drained the pool. I guess all that's left is to find the, um, find the body. But when you think about it, I mean, I'm not like a true crime junkie where I watch these things and watch everything Nancy Grace does and watch trials and, and all that. But I do think any, any idiot, anybody, everybody knows that they check your computer. Everybody knows that they can check Home Depot and CVS and Whole Foods in like 10 minutes Everybody who goes in Whole Foods and CVS is on camera. Everybody knows that it's all, you know, computerized. I'm pretty sure anyone who's ever been to CVS knows they give you a receipt, usually a really long receipt. So he tells cops, cop, I mean, these aren't, these aren't Barney Fife's. These are pretty uh, uh, grizzled veteran cops he's talking to, I assume. And he says, yeah, I went to Whole Foods and CVS. So immediately... They go check the cameras. They check the, the the computers. No record of him going to home, uh, going to uh, Whole Foods. He doesn't mention that he goes to Home Depot. They get that. They get that uh, transaction. They get that video, and he's buying mops and cleaning fluids and four hundred and fifty dollars worth of cleaning supplies. Honest to God, if you were if you were writing a novel, a true crime novel, you'd say nobody could be this stupid. Even the dumbest criminal in a in a moment of passion, even O.J. Simpson, wouldn't be this stupid. Well, maybe he was. Yeah, maybe he was, that's a bad example. He was pretty dumb. But judging by this guy, have they checked the cabinets under the, uh, his sink? She might be that's in a good there. Question. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. If, you, if you're wondering what a really dumb murderer does with the body. Your first thought is he takes, you know, 10 steps into the woods behind his house and digs a hole. Right. I assume they've already gone over that, but maybe, maybe they should check like the trunk of his car. Have they done that yet? (laughs) Because um, he's going to confess any minute now. And hopefully when he confesses, he'll tell them where the body is. And hopefully he'll say that it was quick and painless and it was just a moment of passion and he'll say he'll try to get second-degree murder instead of first-degree murder. But I don't think he's going to find a lot of sympathy out there. I don't think anybody's going to say, oh, the poor guy, he was, uh, he, he just lost it. In a little moment of uh, weakness, he threw a tantrum and stabbed her. That's not going to work. Um, I did think before this week began that this would be somewhat of a mystery, somewhat of a tough case to crack I just thought, you know, he's a schemer and a liar and, a, and, and he's going to know, I mean, he's had a lot of experience with law enforcement, with uh, uh, you know, criminal courts, and he would put a little thought into this. That didn't happen on top of, oh, the cleaning fluids and the receipts and the, and the video and the blood and the knife. 
and the lies about her you know, getting in a cab or getting in an Uber on, on New Year's Day at 4.30 in the morning. On top of all those lies, we have a uh, voicemail uncovered by veteran crime reporter Kirk Minahan. My sometimes friend is uh, working the case, and uh, I feel bad you know, for Kirk, too, and Nancy Grace, and all the people who thought we would be uh, required. We thought we'd be looking for some real good detective work. Uh, I think it took Kirk about 10 minutes to come up with this evidence, but this is Brian Walsh leaving a voicemail for, we're not sure whom, but somebody we believe in her office. Is that right? Someone in DC mm-hmm. and uh, talking about uh, his missing wife and sounding pretty uh, matter of fact about the whole story, but about the whole um, issue here. But let's listen to the voice of Brian Walsh. Uh, I assume the next time we hear from him, it'll be in court pleading not guilty to murder. But this is what he sounded like after we believe he disposed, after he killed and disposed of his wife's body. Uh, go ahead, play it. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Brian Walsh. I uh, hope all is going well. Um, I was just, just reaching out to basically everybody I could. Um, Anna hasn't been in touch for a few days. Uh, we, um, I spoke to work today. She hasn't been in. She went to the house, uh, and she wasn't there. or looked like she's been there recently. So um, just wondering if you've spoken to her uh, in, in the near, uh, you know, recently, like a Sunday or, or in the last two days. Um, so let me know, or if you know anyone that might have that contact with her, uh, just uh, you know, calling everyone. So I'm uh, sorry to bother you. Sure, everything's fine, and uh, yeah, you wish you Thanks. All right. If you're uh, if you're genuinely uh, worried about your missing wife, do you sound that calm? And matter of fact, I don't think so. I mean, only, I don't. only if she goes on mystery trips, like all the time. Right. But he already said that she was heading to D.C. She took a cab or an Uber on at 430 on New Year's Day. He already had uh, told the story, I believe, that, uh, you know, she was heading back to D.C. on business to work. And uh, and, uh, you know, he didn't get up that morning. He just let her head off to the airport. There was no record of her having a flight, at least not that day. So I'm not sure if he did anything. <laughs> anything uh, right in uh, committing this crime. So I think by, uh, by the end of today, by the end of today, by the end of the week, certainly it'll be over and open and shut. They'll have a body. They'll have all the evidence they need and they'll be uh, pressing him for a plea. Uh, Unfortunately, again, they cannot hold the death penalty over him uh, and uh, he'll do life and he'll, he's, he's going to be in court. He's kind of like SPF. He's just big fat load with the big love handles and he just looks like a guy without a single redeeming quality. When you're selling, when you're lying, when you're bilking people on the internet for Andy Warhol paintings, I think you're a pretty experienced liar and a pretty comfortable liar, but I thought I expect him to be a more savvy liar. Apparently he's, uh, uh, he's, (laughs) he's been getting away with things his whole life and thought he was going to get away with this, I guess. But, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, it does not look good. Uh, we're not going to even have, you know, a week of wondering if she indeed ran away or was hiding somewhere from her abusive husband. It was going to be like Julia Robertson sleeping with the enemy. We were going to find her living in Iowa, trying to get away from him. I assume we'll find out he was a bad guy, a bad husband, a bad father, 
just a really, really evil human being. But uh, we'll be checking. I'll be checking as we uh, as we do this show to see if any more incriminating evidence pops up. But uh, I'm uh, I'm just going to say it's over. We're all done here. He Googled. What was the other thing he Googled? He Googled a couple things. Uh, which <laughs> this is just does Lyme really decompose your wife? <laughs> it, is that one of them? See, you could be joking. For I, all am, I, I am joking. <laughs> uh, no, he, he Googled how to dispose of a uh, 114 by uh, and how to dismember a body. Oh. So he Googled how to dismember a body. I'll assume if he did indeed dismember, they're going to find saws and, and axes and knives and everything else you need. And they'll find uh, bags, you know, big uh, super duty uh, uh, trash bags that he bought at Home Depot. I, I can't imagine how he could leave more evidence behind, but he did. So uh, those big uh, satellite trucks parked in Cohasset won't be here much longer. And uh, he'll be in court facing murder charges any minute now. Uh, but just a wild story unfolded really, really quickly yesterday. And uh, uh, I'm sure everybody like me was wondering if he did, if he did anything to cover his tracks, if he made any moves to throw the cops off his scent, because it sure doesn't seem like that. I mean, for every single step of the way saying, you know, he got lost going to Swampscott. Uh, you know, he went to Home Depot, didn't mention that, said he went to CBS, didn't go to CBS. Just real <laughs> rudimentary stuff. Just remarkable how, how, how foolish and ignorant and uh, and ill ill prepared he was for the uh, ensuing investigation. But I, I just like that he left the Home Depot part out and they'll probably have surveillance footage of him coming out with like a chainsaw, a shovel. Right. And, <laughs> right. And, right <laughs> saws and axes and bags and yeah. You know, all gloves. Oh, yeah, they do have my gloves. They're searching trash in Peabody, Mass, up near his mother, uh, and uh, probably finding all kinds of evidence. That's That could be where they will find the dismembered body, but they'll find it somewhere, and it'll be over. It'll be over soon. But uh, let's move on to the other crime of the day, and I'm not sure I've ever enjoyed enjoyed. Uh, uh, karma quite like this is we've mentioned many, many times as every, as lots of people have said, the things that the Democrats in the media are accusing their enemies of the things that they're screaming the loudest about are things that they themselves have done. It's generally, I mean, Russian collusion hoax and, and, uh, you know, fascism. And, uh, anytime you hear them, uh, screaming about something Republicans allegedly did, you could be pretty sure they've done it themselves. And in this case, man, is this, uh, is this, uh, just rich and, uh, and, uh, enjoyable for me, at least, uh, if you missed it yesterday, we learned that uh, classified documents were found in Joe Biden's office at the Penn Biden Center. Well, I have lots of questions about this, and I'm certainly not surprised uh, by it. But and this is not in the headline or in the lead. But I want to see if I have this straight. Joe Biden has an office uh, that is part of the Biden Pen, the Penn Biden Center, and it's. Uh, it, it's in conjunction with University of Pennsylvania, an alleged Ivy League school where he was paid like a million bucks a year to do nothing. Um, but so they have an office in D.C. 
for Joe Biden. In that office, he kept classified documents, stolen classified documents. The office, the think tank, the Joe Biden University of Pennsylvania think tank, think tank is financed by the Chinese Communist Party. Yes, I believe I have that right. Here is uh, from the New York Post this morning. They have uh, they have them on page one. A government watchdog is demanding the U.S. attorney probing Hunter Biden in Delaware investigate tens of millions of dollars in on- anonymous donations from China to the University of Pennsylvania. Um, the Ivy League College raked in a total of $54.6 million from 2014 to 2019 in donations from China, including $23 million in anonymous gifts starting in 2016. Okay, $54 million in gifts, donations from the Chinese Communist Party to fund a think tank, which is called the Penn Biden Center. Now, I know the media is furiously working right now to protect their guy and spin this story. I'll get to that. We got, we got some comical uh, examples of the double standard of the same media that was cheerleading on August 8th, when the uh, when Merrick Garland's thugs raided uh, Mar-a-Lago because, um, because Donald Trump allegedly stole uh, classified documents, which at the time, as you recall, the media said could be about nuclear secrets or identities of, uh, of our allies undercover abroad. These were really highly classified documents that were going to put our national security in jeopardy. We'll get to the... Uh, hysterical reaction from from the uh, left, the media, the Biden uh, regime. But w- at what point does anybody ask about this? How is this possible? The Ivy League University received $15.8 million in anonymous gifts in one year, 2018, <laughs> when they opened this the doors to this center uh, in February of 2018. Anthony Blinken, who's now Secretary of State, was briefly the managing director of this think tank. Why have we not heard about this before? Why did this not come up, I don't know, during the campaign, that he was on the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party? And even today, this is like a a footnote. The big headline is, you know, documents that that really were, 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 that, that Biden's lawyers turned over to the Justice Department when they stumbled across them. And I'll get to my favorite story, NBC saying, Joe Biden had no knowledge of this. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even give it 24 hours. They go into full damage control for their guy. Here is uh, Peter Alexander. If you don't know who he was, he's a White House reporter, a, a Biden uh, operative disguised uh, disguise as a reporter. Peter Alexander tweeted um, last night, new. Uh, New, this is new, breaking. President Biden only became aware of these classified documents being stored in his former office, the Penn Biden Center, when, he's in, when he was informed by his lawyers that they had discovered them. A source familiar with the matter, tells NBC. So already, it's only been you know, 12 hours or I don't know, 16, 18 hours since the story broke. Already, I want you to believe 
they volunteered to turn these documents over when his lawyers stumbled across them at the Biden Center. And Joe had no knowledge. Oh, and by the way, there was only 10. Trump had like 100. So they want to draw a distinction. They are working hard to paint this as a totally uh, inadvertent error on the part of the sitting president, unlike the previous guy who was stealing these things left and right and jeopardizing national security. It's not easy to be a Biden lickspittle in the mainstream media these days, but man, they, they try hard. They give it their best shot. That is one uh, report, quote, unquote, reporter Peter Alexander saying, um, uh, saying Biden knew nothing about it when his lawyers came through and said, you know, we're going we're, we're to do the right thing and turn these documents over. We got, uh, uh, we got a few other examples of that. Let me find one. Here we go. Uh, we got CNN saying, uh, what, is, what does CNN say? The, the, the classified documents found in his private office are they the ones that said it was only 10 documents? I'm trying to find who, who, who said fewer than a dozen, says CNN. Fewer than a dozen classified documents were found in Biden's office. It's unclear what the documents pertain to or why they were taken to Biden's private office. No, he didn't take them. They were taken. Um, and I don't think they ever said that. Pretty sure they never said that about Donald Trump taking um Documents to Mar-a-Lago. Let's let's get this out of the way. It's this is worse. The vice president has no authority to declassify documents. The president does. So Trump's uh, 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 reasoning that he could declassify uh, documents that's true. A vice president can't do that. He stole them. He kept them in an office which is funded by the Chinese Communist Party. That's to me. So they have access. They have access to these things, unlike. Documents in Mar-a-Lago, you know, some some Chinese intelligence official can't walk in and say, hey, I'm paying for this place. Let me take a look around. It's just remarkable hypocrisy. And you know, again, the media is going to spend the day saying, how, how can we uh, spin this? How can we make this go away? They did this. They turned this over. These turn, You know, when they turned these documents over, that would be November 2nd. Six days before the election. When do we find out about it? Two months later. Uh, Merrick Garland, the corrupt attorney general, uh, the thug that does the uh, does the dirty work for the Biden regime, he's going to appoint a U.S. attorney to look into it. And I'm just going to predict here and now, nothing will come of it. Nothing. There will be no, there'll be no charges. There'll be no special counsel. There will be no legs to this story. They will, this will go away. I love the idea. And I've been watching, flipping around all the news channels this morning. I love the idea that what's, you know, good for the goose is good for the gander. You gotta, you gotta have, we gotta have raids. They have to go through Dr. Jill's underwear draw because, hey, they went through Melania's underwear draw. They got to send 30 FBI agents to raid um, all of Biden's vacation homes, which, by the way, were also paid for by the Chinese Communist Party. That'll never happen. Here's what people on my side don't seem to understand is, and I've said this many, many times, there is an appearance of a double standard, obviously. 
here's what people in the media don't seem to get. The Biden administration doesn't care. They don't care that there are hundreds of, of uh, MAGA people in, in a jail in Washington, D.C., some of them waiting to find out when their trial begins. They've been there for two years. They don't care that there's nobody with BLM or Atifa serving a similar sentence. They don't care that we have two standards of justice. They don't care that uh, Christian people, pro-life Christian people, are, are being arrested for singing hymns outside abortion clinics when nobody's been arrested for firebombing crisis pregnancy centers or churches. There's been over 100 attacks on these pregnancy centers and churches and zero arrests. You get arrested for praying outside an abortion clinic. You don't get arrested for firebombing a church. There's two different standards, but the Biden administration doesn't care. They know they have the full uh, force of the mainstream media on their side. They know there's very few people who who are going to hold their feet to the fire, and they know they have the power. They have the guns. You know, they have the FBI. They have the DOJ. They don't care that 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 everybody knows, everybody in D.C. knows there will be no charges. There will be no raids. There will be no grilling Joe Biden about this. Someone yelled a question at him yesterday and he ignored it, which is what he does. He ignores it. He's, he's in charge here. You can't do anything about it. If you try, the media will, will come after you. That's how this works. There's, there's nobody in the Biden administration worried about this story. They're not, they don't care. Doesn't matter to them at all. Yeah, he had classified documents. Yes, he has an office funded by the Chinese Communist Party. Yes, there's no good reason for these documents. Yes, they covered it up until two months after the election. What price do they pay for that? I mean, PR, bad PR. They don't care. There is two standards of justice. They've made that clear. Live with it. What are you going to do about it? That's the response from the Biden administration. But. It doesn't make it any less uh, any less delicious for for us for we uh, f- viewers and and listeners because I mean let's look back let's look back I'll never forget the day of the raid because I was on the Tucker Carlson show that night as you know Ironhead they they were going to cancel me I was outside in the car outside the studio. They said, come on in, let's talk about it. So I, I was on the show that night. There was like 8 million viewers. It was a big, big night, a wild night. They literally had 30 agents in the dark of the night, guns drawn, going through a former president's residence because he stole classified documents. And if he did, and that's the appropriate response, fine, let's do it. Let's see it. Hillary Clinton took classified documents. Barack Obama took classified documents. And Joe Biden stole classified documents. I can only see one home being raided here. Only one home. And Joe Biden doesn't even think like there's any possibility that they'll knock on his door in Delaware and say, we need to take a look around. The, the, the thought that there would be a uniform standard is just laughable to the Biden people. But doesn't mean we can't look back with a laugh at the, at the reaction to these people, uh, these people had when when uh, Trump was accused of stealing classified documents. Don't forget, the media did their job. They made it seem as bad as it could be that that he had nuclear secrets that he might be selling to the Saudi Arabians, or he might have the identities of undercover agents across the world. And uh, you know, they obviously were fed those 
rumors and they ran with them. And quietly, weeks and months later, they said, yeah, that wasn't true. There was nothing in there about nuclear secrets. There was, you know, a napkin with a note from Kim Jong-un to Trump and other uh, things, mementos that Trump kept, because that's what he does. And, you know, you're you're allowed to do that if you de- declassify them. If you're the president, you can't do that if you're vice president. But what did Joe Biden have to say when his good friend, Scott Pelley, asked him about this egregious violation, this, 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 this crime that uh, Trump committed when he took some classified documents into his home down in Mar-a-Lago. Do we have that? Sure do. Have you been briefed, sir, on the top secret documents that were found at Mar-a-Lago? No. No one was. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is funny. This is just funny. I always say the biggest lie, obviously, Biden lies like he breathes. He just tells, and oh, we have a good one yesterday, too. Did you get the one where he said that uh, he thought he was going to have a chance to play in the NFL as a walk-on? I saw that. That he asked his friend Floyd Little from Syracuse, you know, if he could... Uh, hook him up with his agent because he wanted to get a tryout in the NFL. <laughs> He's a child. But I always say the biggest lie, the most obvious lie, is that he never talked to uh, Hunter about his uh, business dealings, his overseas business dealings, even though Hunter flew on Air Force Two 15 hours to China the whole way. Didn't ask him, hey, Hunt, why are you coming with me? What are you going to do? Hunter had all these business meetings in China with people that he was trying to hook up with his father, but Joe had no idea. I thought this, this could be a bigger lie. They raided his home, his attorney general, his attack dog, Merrick Garland raided the home of his former rival, future rival, former president. And Joe Biden wants you to believe he knew nothing about it. He just lies so comfortably, so casually, so confidently. It could be the thing that he does uh, with the most confidence, just tells brazen lies. So Scott Pelley's, did you know anything about it? No. <laughs> uh, no. He's like, a, he's like a Saturday Night Live character, <laughs> like John Lovitz. Did you know anything? Not me. No. The only uh, thing but, the only thing missing is him putting his hand to his ear like he's listening to the earpiece before he answers. <laughs> just, it doesn't, he doesn't miss a beat when he tells the most obvious lie. Of course he knew they were raiding Trump's home. Of course, he green-lighted it. You think they're going to do that without telling Joe Bud? Yeah, Merrick Garland is just going to do it on his own, raid Trump's home in the dead of the night, not tell Joe Bud. Sure thing, Joe, but I, I digress. Let's get to him talking about the crime of stealing classified documents. The top secret documents that were found at Mar-a-Lago? No. <laughs> no one has come to you to warn you that important national security secrets were revealed by the storage of those documents at the former president's home. I have not personally spoken to anyone on that, in that regard. I'm sure my administration is aware of all of that, and so is the National Security Council, but I have not. Were you notified of the FBI's execution of a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago? No, not ahead of time. <laughs> The FBI spread the... I like how he's, he's like giving him an out. He's asking him in four different ways. Please answer this correctly, Joe. <laughs> no, no. His, 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 these are Biden's thugs. The FBI raid the home, then take the documents, spread them out on the floor to make it seem like this is how Trump, how carelessly Trump was with these documents. That's not how they find them, found them, obviously. But go ahead. Let's listen to more, uh, more lies from the, uh, from the president. 
the documents out on a floor to make a record of what was found. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? Yeah, oh, geez. How that could possibly happen. How anyone could be that irresponsible. <laughs> and I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. And you don't know what was in those documents? I have not asked for the specifics of those documents because I don't want to get myself in the middle of whether or not the Justice Department should move or not move on certain actions they can take. I, I've agreed I would not tell them what to do and not, in fact, engage in telling them how to prosecute or not. <laughs> God, it's just, it's just such a blatant, brazen liar. I mean, just, and, and it's, and it's hilarious. Obviously, Scott Pelley, big Trump, big, I mean, big, yeah, Trump hater, Biden supporter. And he's there just like almost coaching him along. You knew nothing, right, Mr. President? You had no idea. No, no, no. You think Scott Pelley will go to Mar-a-Lago maybe this Sunday night and say, uh, can I sit down with you, Donald, and and we could talk about Joe Biden stealing classified documents? You think that will happen? I don't think so. Of course so. it won't. Trump Trump posted on True Social, of course, if you can get that, because he's enjoying this as well <laughs> he should. But Biden wasn't the only one. That the we, we got to get to all these people. Let me let me uh, uh, let me get to uh, Liz. We got Liz. We got Liz Warren. We got Liz Cheney. We got Hillary Clinton. They're all. They were all aghast at uh, the crime of the former president taking classified documents. And we're just waiting. We have not heard from them yet on this on this crime. But here's what they're all going to do. They're all going to do. They're going to take their cue from NBC and CNN and say there was only 10, fewer than 10. They weren't really that big a deal. It was an accident. He knew nothing. He didn't mean it. Locusts. They will just have one excuse after another. And to, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy it. It will be hilarious. Uh, but we'll get to that. And we'll get to the latest Twitter file dump. And uh, our medical community today, this is big for you, Iron Ed, has, mm -hmm. uh, has a way to deal with chubby kids. There's a obesity problem in America. And, uh, and uh, our federal government has some recommendations on how you can deal with obesity among children. And, uh, we have a differing opinion on this. We have another another solution to the problem. And the Golden Globes tonight, I don't know who the guy is hosting it, but uh, you're not going to believe this. But you know who's going to be on the Golden Globes tonight? Vladimir Zelensky. I'm not uh -huh. making that up. I'm not making up this guy who's uh, allegedly fighting, you know, this Fighting yeah. a war against it, Russia, against a nuclear power. It's going to take a little time out of his busy day to appear with, I don't know, Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, he's going to come on cargo <laughs> pants, cargo pants and a ripped shirt and be like, thank you very much. I appreciate everything. Uh, maybe he'll dress up for them. He wouldn't dress up for the, for, uh, you know, for Washington, D.C., but maybe he will for the Golden Globes. But we'll get to that. But first. No crooked, crooked establishment. None of that twisting the truth. No talking down don't to me. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. Don't tell me how to think. I trust Newsmax. Newsmax. They don't tell, tell me, me how, how to think. think. They let, let me decide. Newsmax. Real news. For real people. All right, we got to move. Let's get to uh, my favorite sound of the day. We have uh, Hillary Clinton, perhaps the most famous 
classified document thief of all time, the most famous uh, obstructor of justice, destroyed 30,000 subpoenaed emails, laughed about it, knew she would face no charges because of our two-tier justice system. That's a thing that drives me nuts. That these people know they're in no legal jeopardy. Joe Biden knows there's no price to pay for what he did. Hunter Biden knows, even with a, a GOP-controlled Congress, I, these people aren't sweating it out. They're not worried at all. They know they control the levers of power. They know they control the FBI and the DOJ, and they know there's really no concern for them. It's for the other side, but... Uh, Let's listen to Hillary and how she reacted after they raided Trump's home and found classified documents. Go ahead. I don't care what political party you are, but come on, cut the hypocrisy. This is a threat to our national security that somebody would actually have in his country club storage room, his desk, his bedroom, top secret information. And you have to ask yourself, why? What was he going to do with it? Who was he he giving it to? What had he already done? Or what had he already done to it? And so... Let the investigation go forward and let's, you know, find the facts. Unlike those guys, I'm not saying lock him up. I'm saying let's just find the facts and follow the evidence wherever it goes. Hard hitting Seth Meyers there. Oh, no kidding. (laughs) Seth Meyers, that little, he's just a little puppy. Seth Meyers is pathetic. Talk about someone with no professional dignity at all. Just a flat out whore. Her her saying cut the hypocrisy really broke me there for a second. (laughs) I love the way Trump gets these people going. Just gets them. I mean, Hillary Clinton screaming about someone taking classified documents. Uh, We also, of course, Liz Warren didn't miss the opportunity to pounce when, uh, you know, when they raided Mar-a-Lago. We'll be waiting. We'll be looking today to see if Liz has anything to say or tweet about the crimes of Trump's successor. But let's listen to what she had to say, you know, back in August after they raided Trump's home. There is absolutely no reason, no excuse for taking these documents, but more to the point, he is putting the security of the United States at risk and he must be stopped. Uh, We need to keep these documents secure. Our government needs to be able to deal with them. Um, But this is Donald Trump doing what Donald Trump always does. He puts Donald Trump first and everyone else, literally, including people who are out in the field whose lives could be at risk, all are subsidiary to Donald Trump. He cares only about himself. What's important is that we have a Department of Justice that without fear and without favor is going forward in its investigation. (laughs) We need the courts. She's literally the worst. Without fear and without favor. Oh, no, this Department of Justice doesn't play any favorites. Not at all, Liz. Uh, this is hilarious. I mean, if if we had a media, if NBC, if, if Andrea Mitchell gave a damn about doing her job, she would call up Liz right now and say, what do you think? More classified documents stolen, highly classified as, as someone had said on the news this morning, it's the tippy tippy top of the climb of the uh, cl- level of classification. These are top secret documents stolen by the vice president during his term kept in an office that was paid for by the Chinese communist party. And something tells me this story is going to go away real quick, but we will see. We will see. It is, it is. I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. You know what? These Twitter files, they're getting redundant. I mean, they're, they're unbelievable. This, this latest one, is, it's, it's incredible. 
and nobody is really nobody really gives a damn. I was googling it, reading about it, and it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, this one was about uh, Doctor Scott Gottlieb. Talk about a talk about a shady character, just a weasel. He was the head of the FDA. Then he went to work for Pfizer, and he went and he earned his money. I mean, he made a lot of money. Pfizer paid him a lot of money. This is he's. He's going to soon be a colleague of uh, Tony Fauci at Pfizer, and they'll both be cashing in. But he used the same lobbyists. We learned this yesterday. Alex Berenson has the latest Twitter files drop. It's not the Fauci files yet. We're still waiting for him. These are the Gottlieb files. But you've seen this guy on TV. He was out front at the beginning of COVID, all during COVID, doing what they do, pushing vaccines, ignoring you know natural immunity, ignoring the obesity epidemic, just talking about everybody, you know, vaccine, vaccinate your pets, everyone get a booster every other day because he's a big pharma salesman posing as a public health expert. Um, he used the same Twitter lobbyist as the white house. He was working for Pfizer and he called the same guy, a DC based Twitter employee named Todd O'Boyle. I believe the name was to get his critics including another former FDA, uh, head of the FDA, that, that uh, said uh, that he said natural immunity is better than vaccine immunity. And what did Gottlieb do? Immediately called Twitter and said, suspend him. And of course, they did. That's what they did. His job was to um, suppress critics of Pfizer. That's what his job was. That's where the money was. This, this story I'm reading right now from the Independent Sentinel says, these files prove that Gottlieb, a board member at the company, um, claimed on Twitter and CNBC that he was not trying to suppress debate when, he was exa- when, the, when that's exactly what he was doing. So he goes on Twitter and, and CNBC says he welcomes the debate, is not trying to stop anyone from speaking. At the same time, he was emailing and calling a Twitter lobbyist in D.C. to stop anybody he, uh, who disagreed with him from speaking out, including doctors and scientists and experts. These people are just repulsive. And you won't, and there'll be nothing. You'll see. Mainstream media won't touch it. Scott Gottlieb's one of their guys. It's an amazing phenomenon. The mainstream media was invested in protecting big pharma as much as they were invested in protecting big tech. You have all these bad actors using Twitter to stop, to stifle criticism of them and sell vaccines, which don't work. And the media was doing their best to help, help the bad actors. It's just, it's criminal, but it's going to get better. We're going to get the Fauci files any day, which I'm looking forward to. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down. Shea Concrete, they got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, 
you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. And you know what? One, I think one of the good things that came out of the whole COVID vaccine scandal I mean, lots of, obviously, I think people are, are waking up to the uh, to the power of the federal government. I don't think they're going to stand for any more lockdowns. We're seeing mask mandates put in place. Duke University just announced yesterday that they will uh, reinstitute a mask. Duke University. So these are all 18 to 22-year-old people, mostly healthy uh, young adults, and they're going to be forced to cover their faces because of some silly virtue signaling thing, which is taking hold again in academia and in certain left-wing circles. But this story kind of made the rounds yesterday. This is from the Associated Press. New guidance, use drugs surgery early for obesity in kids. This is just remarkable. <laughs> I know you have little kids. Uh, I don't know, you know, what shape they're in, but uh, just say, you know, one of your kids put on a little weight. Would you say we got to get them surgery? <laughs> a kid? Would we got to get some drugs? What, some slim fast? You got to get drugs? This is uh, the Associated Press. Jonelle Alicia, the national reporter who covers food and nutrition for Associated Press. Children struggling with obesity should be evaluated and treated early and aggressively, including with medications for kids as young as 12 and surgery for those as young as 13, according to new guidelines released Monday. The longstanding practice of, quote, watchful waiting or delaying treatment to see whether children and teens outgrow or overcome obesity on their own only worsens the problem that affects more than 14 million young people in the U.S., uh, left untreated, obesity can lead to lifelong health problems, including high blood pressure, diabetes, and depression. Waiting doesn't work, says Dr. Ehuma Anelli, co-author of the first guidance on childhood obesity in 15 years from the Academy, uh, American Academy of Pediatrics. What we see is a continuation of weight gain and the likelihood that they will have obesity in adulthood. For the first time, the group's guidance sets ages at which kids and teens should be offered medical treatments such as drugs and surgery, in addition to intense, intensive diet, exercise, and other lifestyle interventions. What kind of parent would take their 12-year-old and say, get him a lap band surgery? This is insanity. Um, I'm just going to say, if I'm in charge here, I start with, you know, putting down the computer, the phone, and go outside. How about that? Go outside. How about you go outside and take a walk? How about you, I don't know, shoot some hoops, play, I don't know, street hockey, play tag, your little kid. How about you put down the, uh, the, 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 the cream horns and go outside? It just feels like there's a first step that they're skipping. Like, get off the computer, get off the couch, shut off the TV, go outside. That's what we used to do. Have you ever seen a picture of, like, a playground or a beach from the 1970s? There's hardly any fat kids. There's hardly any fat adults. Uh, I mean, I realize most of the adults were smoking cigarettes, which killed their uh, appetite. But the kids were outside playing. It sounds like some kind of Norman Rockwell uh, memory, but 
that's how it worked. You know, obviously we didn't have computers and phones when I was a kid, but you were outside in the summer from the time you got up till the time it was dark in after school. The first thing you did was you dumped off your books and you went outside. I would say that would be the first step. We'd try it, try it. No phone, no computer, go outside. Second step would be no, no, son, we're not getting pizza tonight. No, you can't have any more uh, Dr. Pepper. Not today. You, you, you make the obvious changes and then, yeah, I don't know, you put off surgery for a little <laughs> down the road a little bit and the drugs. Drugs and surgery recommended by the federal government for fat 12-year-olds. This is just incredible to me. Incredible that, that, that any parent would do that and any doctor would recommend that. Let's, is, I mean, is that what they're saying? The surgery? Are they actually saying we want like lap bands similar to, you know, Al Sharpton gut? You want to get the Al Sharpton surgery? Uh. I just like the idea of like my 600 pound life with kids just because they're into Fortnite. <laughs> That's funny. Do, do, you, do you ever do any of those kids ever just go outside and play or are they afraid of getting picked on or something? I don't kids, know. But kids don't go outside anymore. Kids don't have bikes anymore. It's like, weird. how about you get on your bike and you ride to your friend's house? That they, I mean, kids weren't thin in when I was a kid because, you know, dieting and exercise, they were thin because they lived like kids. They went outside, rode their bikes, played games, climbed a tree. And, uh, you know, we had, you know, we had yodels. We had, we had funny bones in the house occasionally, but I don't think, you know, we lived off them. And I don't think we laid on the couch and watched TV while eating funny bones. We went outside. We did things. We played street hockey. You know, we played catch. We played pickle. We play, you just went outside and did those kind of things. And if your kid is obese at 12, that's what, what you got to do. You got to get them off the couch, off the computer and outside. The idea that you want them to undergo surgery because he's fat. God, these people are insane. These parents are insane. All right. A couple more things where, before we move, man, I, I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in a championship game than last night. Yeah, you know, right. I was sitting there, I was watching Tucker. I was flipping around, watching uh, watching Eric Bowling. And then I flipped to the game, and it's 35 to 7. And what happened? And I, have, I had it recorded. If it was close, I was going to start from the beginning. But it was like, what a waste of a night. What a waste of a, a week of uh, previews. Uh, just an absolute blowout that. Uh, didn't even have like a minute of, of entertainment value to it. It's too bad. Uh, but I guess, you know, it was a mismatch from the beginning and everyone kind of knew it was going to go down that way. And it was, you just kind of watched and said, you know, are they going to score 70, 80? They could have, they could have, they didn't. But uh, Georgia clearly, imagine being Michigan, what an embarrassment. They give up 51 points to that TCU team. Pretty embarrassing day to be a Michigan alum. And, uh, before we go, I do want to say I'm looking forward to the Golden Globes. Um, I don't know who this host is. I don't even know what the Golden Globes are exactly. It's movies and TV, or is it just movies? I'm asking you, like you know. I don't watch those shows. Uh, well, why don't you? You know, they're you, wicked you, boring. You, you watch the you watch the Bar- Harry and uh, Harry and what's her name, Megan. Yeah, uh, right? I mean that was semi interesting to a point. Yeah. Was it? You yeah. never did your full review. We don't have time for it now. Yeah, I know. Let me see. I was about to Biden you, anyways. 
Oh, it was canceled for two years. I didn't know that. There's a reboot of the Golden Globes. Tonight, it is is the 80th Golden Globes, which honors projects across film and television, typically kicks off the awards season. Yeah. NBC tonight. Oh, it's from uh, the Beverly Hilton, Beverly Hills. And I don't know who this host is. Uh, What's his name again? Let me find it. Um, But at some point, Gerard Carmichael. Do you know who that is? I've definitely heard the name. He's a comedian. You're supposed to be a comedy guy. Uh, Uh, In the past, they've had Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Ricky Gervais. They've had Ricky Gervais. And now they have Gerard Carmichael. But at some point, um, uh, some point, Vladimir, <laughs> Vladimir Solinsky is going to make an appearance. Does he, do they think that looks good? I think that's a good look to have this wartime president, this you know hero to the Biden administration, the guy that we're giving $100 billion to make an appearance at the Golden Globes. I don't get it, but uh, you know what? I think I'll be sitting this one out too, Uh, but uh, we got to move. We got to go. We'll be here for the latest from Cohasset. I have a feeling it's going to be the the detectives, the investigators are going to make quick work of this, but we'll have it for you and we'll be all over it tomorrow, but we'll leave it there for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.